This is a moment in wine and hip hop, brought to you by Crew Love, blending wine and hip hop at the highest level. Wine and hip hop, wine and music. Tell me up, bro. Check this out. Oh yeah. You'll be the life of the party. Wine and hip hop really mirrors the the conversations that we have in my office about wine and music. What's up, y'all? It's your man, Jermaine Showtime Stone, a.k.a. The Wolf of Wine, a.k.a. The Zara Vibes, a.k.a. Young Thanos. I got a gentleman that needs no introduction right here. I got Caleb Ganza in the building. Caleb, how you doing, sir? I'm doing well. I'm realizing I need more nicknames. (laughs) Nicknames are important. Nicknames... (laughs) Help people get to know who like you it. really are. Like like, what, what would your nickname? What would your nickname be? What would you go with? Uh, one of the alternatives I currently am working with is DJ Sam. DJ Sam. Okay. Oh shit, man. That that gives you a lot to work up to. <laughs> you know what? I gotta say, I respect your skills. We 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 did a little session of past the aux. And um, Caleb rocked it, man. He went straight to the Drake sneaking. Baby, I'm a savage. I ain't romantic. When I come around, these rapper niggas start to panic. And they pockets going under like the Titanic. Got some head last night and it was outstanding. They was hating on me then and they hating now. She was playing with me then, but she waiting now. Used to sleep inside a den. I got acres now. I was fighting niggas then, but I'm spraying now. Blasting. I don't pay no mind to no sleep, bitch. Nope. I won't spend a dime on a free bitch. <laughs> it might be a little basic going to Drake. I know that. Nah, but, nah. Know. Actually, be, for me, like I wasn't a big Twenty One Savage fan yeah. before that verse. Likewise, you know, I got to understand because he's a he's a little he's a slick guy. He has real slick punchlines, right, right? And he says the shit that you're thinking. It's not like blow you out of this world metaphor, but it just works. It feels good. It's very understated. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. Well, um, you know, a good way to start is, you know, we got to let the, the hip hop crowd get to know you as, as good as possible. Um, we go into hip hop spirit animals, man. You know, I, I we all have uh, rappers that that embody our energy uh the same way that spirit animals do. So, which way would you go? Other than Jay Z, we can't. I know we Dustin can't, just did Jay Z. I know. You know every, comes in. Everybody steals. So Jay-Z. many go. Right. Yeah. So we gotta outside. So of I was already, I was already thinking of that because mm-hmm. I was like, I don't want to come on here. And be like, oh my god, I haven't. You can ask me some questions. <laughs> I gotta think. You could have said Twenty One Savage. <laughs> you know, I like Twenty One Savage, but I'm gonna go with you know a newer, younger, up and coming rap artist, Smino. Smino. Yeah. Okay. So he's from St. Louis. Mm. I'm from Illinois, and I feel like there's some uh, there's some brotherhood there in that Midwestern, but not quite Kanye vibes. I was gonna say Kanye, but I was right. like, nah, that's yeah, I know Kanye's Ka- too controversial. <laughs> right. you know? so I Ka- appreciate where he's coming from on a yeah. lot of things, but also question many of his other things. But <laughs> Smino, he's he's young. He hasn't, you know, Smino. Okay, so I haven't heard of him yet. I think like it, what what. What type of vibe would you say he's on? So like I think he's part of some sort of movement that I, I wasn't as familiar with, so I kind of tried to go down the rabbit hole a little bit. But he's got really good lyrics, super smart, like, mm. but great flow, you know, like, uh, and like will, you know, pronounce words incorrectly if it sounds better in the rap. Yeah, so like one yeah. of his lines is, and actually, so every once in a while, I don't know if you saw like on my Instagram, but like I'll do interviews with like a hip-hop artist yeah and i just take their lyrics and i pose questions and i kind of like make it about wine a little bit 
And Smino had this had this line where he's like, "I don't drink champagne and knee." <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know. I just I just resonated with. And oh, there's this other there's other lyric where he goes, um, he's pretty much asking his girl like, "What do you want to drink?" And she, he's like, "I'm gonna drink uh, like cognac." And she's like, "I'm gonna drink wine." He's like, "They're both grapes." In the end, I don't know. It was just, yeah. it was a cool line. We'll have to pull yeah. it up if you don't mind. Just so well, I don't. That's sound like actually an idiot. pretty real though. Like, I like you that, know yeah. I, because. There are a lot of people that drink cognac that don't realize that it comes from grapes as well. Wine first, yeah. Yeah, you know, you would think, man. Um, All right, cool. Smino. See, I need to know more about him. Um, That I I think we're going to get into. Should we pull one up right now? Yeah, fuck it, man. Let's Let's, let's, let's she call me her little baby. Hey. I call her my little buddy. Hey. Hit her up like, mm-hmm. come through for a little cutty. I get it. I I I I see, I see him in your spirit animal. Yeah. I, I I understand this. So, what about his style specifically? Do you feel like speaks to you? Uh, I think there's 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 something about you know the Midwest, and I was reading reading this really cool article on Virgil Abloh as well on like the plane, and you know he grew up in. Rockford, Illinois, which is very, very northwestern suburbs, pretty, not quite rural, but, you know, it's out there mm-hmm. from, like, I think his parents were from Ghana, and, you know, you just, you kind of grow up with this free spirit in the Midwest a little bit, also kind of guided by a little bit more, you know, conservative sort of values and everything, but there's there's a, a ability to experiment and to dream and to wonder, and also the time to do it, you know, yeah. and there's there's not as many preconceived notions and paths as you have on the East Coast, which is like more like type A personalities where you either do this or you do that. West Coast, it's also in a weird way, like different. It's like you're either surfing or, you know, I mean, I don't want to generalize, but in the Midwest, you don't really have any options. Right. But you also have all the options as well. And I don't know, I guess I, I identify more with, with rap artists and hip hop artists from the Midwest. Like, I do love Kanye. I, I respect him as an artist immensely. Yeah. Um, I love what Virgil's doing. I love what Spino's doing. And I don't think it's just because it's a Midwest thing. I just do think that, you know, we're open a similar Yeah, there's like this free spirit that yeah. I, I, I get about it. That makes sense. Because I feel like um, your approach to wine is really similar. There's like, you approach it with a lot of freedom. But at the same time, you're hitting a lot of very classic part points in wine. Sure, yeah. Um, so that that makes a lot of sense. Now, um, can you tell everybody a little bit about Company? I feel like Company is really one of the hot spots here in New York. Great wine bar, guys. If you're in NY, come check it out. Um, but yeah, can you uh, put people on, man? What what can people expect from uh, going to Company one night? I mean, I think Company as a wine bar is. We really try to put the bar first, and that's knowing that you can come in at any time that we're open to close and be able to sit down at the bar, grab a drink, get a, get a little bit of a vibe. Um, of course, we want to like pay respect to like the food sort of aspect of drinking wine. And we have an amazing food program as well. You know, my chef and partner Eric Boyard puts out some incredible food, like better than a bar needs. Yeah. But that's sort of I think what a wine bar in New York City should be. So, yeah, I mean, when you walk into Company, like, I kind of also want people to know that they don't necessarily know exactly what's going to be happening. Like, mm. there could be an event, you know? It could be some <laughs> wine winemakers in so town. So you don't promote events, you more so... We do, but, right. you know, I understand that the minority of folks are going to be 
super into our Instagram, which we do most of our promotion through Instagram. Yeah. You know, we have a lot of folks who are into wine who are 40, 50, 60 years old. They're like, I don't have Instagram. Like, how can I stay, you know, abreast of the events? I'm like, ah, we'll do our best to email you. But like, I don't <laughs> really know how else to do it. You know, out. like, I don't do the PR thing. Like, it's not going to end up in timeout. Like, yeah. pay attention or just show up and have fun. Like, yeah. but like, we understand that. And like, we're always going to have like a place available if somebody shows up and they're like, I don't know, that was like a dress up like a tracksuit party, you know, yeah. whatever. Like, cool. We got you in the back. You want to drink some wine, eat some food? It's cool. But, like, we also want to have a vibe going always, you know, music, food, wine. I think it works together really well. And just having a an approach to it, for us, it's, it's driven by the spirit that we want to, like, make sure we're doing the winemaker justice. Mm-hmm. And most winemakers, especially in, like, humble areas like the Loire Valley, for example, they take their craft very seriously. They make amazing wine. But they don't take themselves too seriously, and they don't necessarily need to be wearing suits and be stuffy to drink the wine and taste the wine and have to, like, look at it and, like, talk about Like, just drink the wine. Yeah. Have a good time. Whereas, like, you know, you go to Bordeaux and Napa Valley, and everybody's, like, dressed up all serious, and no one's seemingly having a good time, and yeah. the wine's expensive, and you're yeah. like, what the hell's wrong with you guys? Like, let's <laughs> right. go over here and hang out with this this crew. And that's, I guess that's sort of the vibe. Like, we don't, we want to do their wine justice, served to the right temperature and good glassware with great food, beautiful setting, good music, you know, the right lighting. But we're still here to have a good time. Yeah. Um, so what did you? Um, what were you setting out to accomplish overall with your brand? Because you guys are really a brand more than just a, a physical location. Like, what do you guys? What What's your objective and why? I guess I, you know, I was fortunate enough to work at some some nice places in New York, and you know, I worked at Danielle, I worked at Love Madison Park tasted some, the best wines in the world, you know what I mean? That's just what happens when you're in those places and you get to travel and, you know, visit various wineries, work some events with, you know, you tasted like, I remember doing a Robert Parker lunch. We tasted every single 1982 Bordeaux, essentially. There was like <laughs> at least 30 different ones. And like all the all the first gross and everything, and I, you, you taste them and you're like, okay, the first gross are like are good, but then you also like, all right, what's standing out today? Like 82 Bechevel was for me the wine of the day. Probably you could pick it up for 300 bucks yeah. on a wine list, which is expensive, but also yeah. for what it, it is, yeah, it's also it not is, that not expensive. Crazy. I mean, it's wine from the 80s. That it's shit, like, it's right. going to cost. Yeah. Pull it out like Puff in the Hate Me Now video. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so, I mean, I guess I was fortunate to come up with a traditional wine culture, but growing up in the Midwest in like literally like rural Illinois, you know, like corn and soybean fields all around me. Yeah. I didn't have a wine background, you know. I came from a humble background, pretty whatever normal Midwestern, I guess, upbringing, and I just fell in love with wine with wine in college. And it, you know, and falling in love with wine in college means you're bringing it to the parties and you're having a good time with wine. <laughs> right, and people right. are like, "Hey, what's that?" And like, I'd pick up a ten dollar bottle of Bordeaux from the liquor store and I'd show yeah. up, and people were like, "Yo, let me try that." Rocking and, out with some box wine every once in a while. Hey, why not? You know. <laughs> and it was just, I don't know. I just wanted to. I felt that that was where wine culture was going. <clears throat> I was traveling a lot. I went to Australia, which I think has an incredible wine culture, both production mm. and drinking. Like the wine bars in Australia are light years ahead of where they are. There, there are more good wine bars in Melbourne yeah. than there are in New York City. Damn. And that makes no sense. Wow. However you slice it, and zero like sense. great variety. Yeah. Like what? What would you say makes a great wine bar? I think just the selection of wines, the ability to just walk in, and there's no pretension. There's no like, yeah, I need the table back in two hours. There's no like New York City like hustle. Yeah. It's just. You come in, you sit down, you order food, you order some wine. You could sit there for eight hours. Yeah. You could sit there for 30 minutes. But you have this luxury of 
you know, hundreds of bottles that you could choose from, really great food menu. You could choose, you could only eat and not drink. You could only drink and not eat. No one's going to look at you funny. It's just a, it's a great, comfortable place to be where you also have the option to, you know, spend some money and do some fun things. And Europe has that a little bit, a little more pretentious. Like you go to France and like, there's like one seating and there's, there's like, there's a certain, they clearly understand their market when you walk into a French wine bar. It's like, you don't really have the option to like spend super high or low. Like yeah. you're just going to drink what they want you to drink. So right. And, but in Australia and I think in New York a little bit too, like, you know, if you want to ball out, like, sure. Like we're not going to say no. Yeah. Like we got DRC <laughs> on the menu too. Exactly. <laughs> you want to spend seven G's on a bottle of wine. Like we have great glassware. It's, it's already stored at temperature. It's on the side, ready to go. We got decanters. But if you want to drink some muscadet for $6 a glass at happy hour, like you'll be just as welcome, yeah. you know? And I think, that's both the the good and the bad thing about New York City is that you have this dichotomy of yeah. appreciation for wine, but it's also an opportunity if you see it, and that's that's something we saw. We just wanted to bring that to people, and it's like creating a, a an aquarium. Like you have you know you know little fish, big fish, medium fish, yeah. and whales, and <laughs> everybody exists co- you know harmoniously. Yeah. Damn. So like growing up in Illinois, like how did you get into hip hop? I mean, one of my first hip hop albums I bought was Nelly. You know, ah, sweet. We, we were talking about it. So I, I, there's something about the STL rappers, you know, yeah. from Nelly to Smino. <laughs> um, but I don't, I don't, I think it probably fell, I fell more in love with hip hop, like in college when I started really getting into more music, like going into album depth and like mm-hmm. listening to an artist and going deeper into their, their, you know, discographies. What, and, what started you down the rabbit hole? What was the shovel that said, hmm, there's a rabbit hole underneath this. Let me, let me get in, feel comfortable here. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I... Because, like, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not going to front. For me, Wu-Tang, Wu-Tang really, really made me a hip-hop addict. Wu-Tang was in fucking Tokyo at that time, man. It was... Yeah. Wu-Tang was the global force. Yeah, I mean, I was also, like, around, like, just hip-hop. Like, every... It was just... It looked like a fucking rap video. <laughs> it looked like a Wu-Tang video. <laughs> like, so it was very... You know, it felt comfortable. It was the uh, yeah, that was that was, that was exactly. It was like I wanted that that first down jacket that Method Man had on in the fucking <laughs> and, and yo, you remember that video when it was on the bus and he had the nah nah, it wasn't the, it wasn't the protect your neck video. It was the um, what was Meth's first single? Um, nah, bring the pain. Um, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um. Nah, well, and yeah, exactly. Anyway, so I I fell in love with, and don't get me wrong, I loved rap before that, but that was what made me start listening to rap music every single day. I was, it was all that mattered to me after that. Um, Yeah, man, I don't know. What can you really can you point out what it was that just grabbed you? I mean, I think it was just it was definitely part of the the rotation growing up. You know, I was born in the eighties. You know, hip hop was 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 mainstream it by yeah, the time I was listening exactly. to you know regular radio and you know watching TRL there was TRL <laughs> right before Carson Daly got fat right <laughs> <laughs> well they used to play the whole music they video used, on TRL yeah, exactly. and then it became 30 second clips and then it was just like a bunch of them and like, then standing like, in Times Square yeah, doing is God TRL even still on it, it, it like you wasn't really sure if it was on and see who knows yeah. <laughs> I mean they Toy Story 4, TRL's coming back, <laughs> Spider-Man Chucky. 25. Yeah, yeah like, Chucky. Come There's up with something new. You no know what idea I mean? is original anymore, yeah. man. Nas told y'all. <laughs> um, all right. 
it's funny, man. Nelly usually isn't the entry point. You know, you but don't she, talk to a lot of people probably from Southern Illinois. Either, exactly. So. Nah, you know who was <laughs> Isaac, my, uh, one of my best friends. Um, this dude was a Nelly maniac, yeah. bro. He had the Band-Aid on his yeah. eye. He was like doing one of those things. The <laughs> <laughs> guy caught up in the hype, yeah. man. <laughs> That's funny. Now, at what point? Because I feel like your brand really, um, you know, speaks to a younger audience. Um, why did you feel like that was necessary for you? I mean, for me, I look, I love wine. Like, I feel like I, f- I was able to come to wine when I was like 20, 21, then like kind of be a professional in it. That means very 19. Early... Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> but like uh, even working in it, you know, because I was, I was in college, I had three or four jobs that were actually in the wine industry. Like I was working in restaurants, working at a wine store, writing about wine. And I was just like, wow, I'm like, I feel like I'm pretty early on this, but I feel like it's it's heading in the right direction. Yeah, I, I loved what I was doing, and I also realized that people were also enjoying what I was bringing to the table. Like I was in this like sort of nerdy international student group, and I was like, one night I was like, let's come over to my downtown loft apartment because I had a restaurant job, so I could like yeah. whatever. <laughs> and I was like, let's just do a wine tasting. And I had like a PowerPoint presentation, and like I had some Gewurz <laughs> demeanor, and people were like, twenty people were there, just like loving it. And I was like, wow, okay, like I feel like there's something to what I'm into that other people kind of are a part of, and maybe I can bring that to them. And you know, I, I wanted to like work in diplomacy. I was studying international studies, and I was like, all right, I felt like wine was a way for me to do this similar thing, travel a little bit bring an idea to folks that they weren't necessarily familiar with and sort of, I don't know, just, just connect with people on a different level. But in a way, I felt like wine was more exciting than politics. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> right. People get people need wine to escape politics, but people loved coming to wine for other reasons. Right, right. And I, I just felt like that was, that was what needed to be done. And I don't know, I guess right now, you know, as Dustin alluded to, like, you know, sort of wine and food is sort of in vogue in a lot of things. I mean, yeah. a lot of people are trying to get into hospitality. Like Taco Bell is starting like a hotel group. What? Like Mad Men was going to do a restaurant. Yo, hold up, hold up, hold up. Yeah, look it up. Like they're, they're doing a hotel experience like outside of L.A. I'm not going to lie to you. I would, go, <laughs> I would go to a Taco Bell hotel situation, and I know some other people that would too. Exactly, it's delicious. They've come a long way from like the rat infestation thing that happened a yeah. couple years ago. Let me tell you, to, from that to hotels and people, look, that would kill companies, dude. People really love Taco Bell. Yeah, think about that. Think about that for a second. I would rather stay at Taco Bell Inn than Holiday Inn. Seriously, <laughs> given the option. I mean, what's their continental <laughs> breakfast gonna look like, right? Think about that, man. They got the breakfast. They made a fucking burrito with a waffle, man. That's genius. Like, they're for the people. They're they're really thinking about. They definitely solved the problem. I mean, look, you were doing it anyway. (laughs) You you would. (laughs) Yo, let me tell you something. I've been making those Eggo burritos for years, bro. You can say what you want. (laughs) But no, I. But that that's that's wild, dude. It, It really is. The game is changing. I think it's it's there's there's almost no rules anymore, and I think if you can get some people stoked about an idea and it's you know legitimate and hopefully not hurting anybody else then it could it could grow just give it water <laughs> give it maybe some wine and see nice. what happens nice um well i'm feeling this wine man i and so on this episode i didn't go into it with a pairing um because i wasn't familiar with the wine um i felt like we could just drink it 
and talk figure and it figure out. it out. You, you know, like this is this is what it's about. So I'll um, we gonna vibe out to some music for a second. I'm gonna we're gonna play some music. We'll do a little little more passing of the aux, and um, we'll come back to you and we'll let you know uh, what this pair is for. All right, y'all, peace. No matter what you say, what you do. When I'm alone, I'd rather be with you. Okay, hold up, wait a minute, all good, just a week ago Crew at my house, and we party every weekend So, on the radio, that's my favorite song Make me bounce around like I don't know, like I won't be here long Now the thrill is gone, got no patience, cause I'm not a doctor Go, why is you lying? Girl, why you Mufasa? Yeah, me casa su casa Gotta strip it like Gaza Got so high off volcanoes Now the flow is so lava Yeah, we spit that saliva iPhone got messes All right, so we are back, man I think we figured this out Um, uh, how is this the producer's name? Bozeman Bozeman Okay, so we are going with the Bozeman Pet Nat Shannon Blanc Only made once We went with 3005 by Childish Gambino Feels like it, man. Y'all taste the wine, you'll get it too. For the New World Rap. Yes. New World Rap, man. That's a great way to put it. Um, so this is a, this is an organic wine. Or a natural wine. How would Well, I mean, honestly, so like I mean, I don't know if they're necessarily certified organic. I mean, I know they're pretty progressive in South Africa in general. Uh, they definitely have stricter standards for the vineyards than they do in other parts. Um, because they have such a they have one of the most um, diverse uh, flora and fauna mm-hmm. um, sort of ecosystems in South Africa as anywhere in the world. And everybody there is very into maintaining that because they understand that's part of the value proposition that their you know ecosystem offers. Um, I don't know if they're necessarily certified organic. I know they're definitely working as, as well as they possibly can to make, make the best wine. And I think that's, you know, part of, part of our ethos at Company Events or Natural is that we're not going to get hung up too much on like which boxes you're checking or which like you know bills that you paid to which certifying organization. If the wine's delicious, like it's delicious, and you right. can taste manipulation. You know what I mean? You can yeah. taste if somebody's putting this in or taking that out, and it won't be authentic. Like this resonates. Like there's yeah. a purity to this wine yeah. that you just can't manipulate. And if they just you know again if, if they're organic or not, like if they sprayed once or twice, sure. Like they're they're farmers. They need to make a harvest. You know what I mean? Of at the end of the day, we totally prefer if people are organic or biodynamic or whatever but if the wine's delicious and it brings pleasure and it can inspire conversation that's yeah. a good product at the end of, you know i mean that's <laughs> the way we look at it so right. we don't get hung up too much as long as it's good right so um just for people that may not be as familiar how would you explain what a natural or organic wine is well i mean there's wines made in two places it's made in the vineyard and it's made in the cellar uh in the vineyard you're, it's it's agriculture, you know, pure and simple. You're just trying to grow fruit, grow grapes. You're, you're trying to ripen them, get them to be perfect, so you can bring them in and hopefully not fuck them up. Um, you know, some people push ripeness a little bit too much, and the grapes are starting to shrivel, and it's not exactly a perfect bunch that you're harvesting. And some people just try to pick when the bunch is perfect, and that's what we're concerned about. Like we want those types of things going into the cellar. And then a winemaker who's going to take those perfect grapes and just try to have them be the best expressions of themselves. So organic and natural, it's a super complicated thing. I mean, organic really only refers to the vineyard. Like, are you practicing organics in the vineyard? Okay. And when you bring it in the cellar, there's still a lot of things you can do. And natural doesn't actually mean anything. I mean, it means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. (laughs) And it's, it's, frankly, it's, I think it's, 
it's an unnecessary term in the in the grand scheme of things because it causes too many rifts and like wine is not about yeah. having beef with somebody else because it's like oh you put this much parts per million sulfur in your wine like you're not organic or you're not about it like you're not natural you ain't gang like <laughs> it's like is the wine delicious is it gonna is it gonna make a shipment from South Africa to America without you know, go, spoiling. Right. That's important. I mean, like, wine world is is very much based on the export market, and you might be able to make a little bit of wine in a very, very natural, hands-off fashion and ship it to your next-door neighbor in a country over or a city over or whatever, but to put that on a boat and sh- send it for halfway around the world, like, Probably a lot of things can happen it. to it, you know, yeah. and you want to make sure that it arrives in the same state that you put in the bottle, and I don't know. I just think people get too hung up on, like, little mini micro doses of this and that, mm-hmm. and they forget what wine's all about. Yeah, I mean, you, and you see what the the climate of the world is right now. Everybody wants natural this, organic that, to the point. And, and then you also have so many uh, new wine drinkers right now. If I'm only eating organic food or I'm all farm to table I'm, and I'm now getting into wine, oh, there's a thing called natural? Well, I only want to drink natural wine. I feel like there's so much of that. Like working with um, all the different clients I do, I have people like, there's some wine shops that I work with, and they're like, yo, all people want is natural and organic yeah. wine. Shops in Williamsburg. Yeah. I'm a big, big surprise, right? Like, that's where they want all the natural shit, you know? So it's just, um, I'm glad that you put that out there um, because I feel like a lot of um, the people that come to company will totally be looking for that. Um, so that's really interesting. But we went, so on this song, um, pardon me, on this wine, we went with uh, Childish Gambino, 3005, man. I love that song. And I was very, very happy when that came out because mm-hmm. I've been fucking with Childish Gambino for a while. Like, I, he had this um, album before, uh, before the album with 3000, before Because of the Internet, um, called Camp. And you can tell, like, he's a rapper. Like, on the album, he was just rapping, but he was, you know, he didn't come from that, that, uh, that hood element, you know, which was a lot more popular when he came out with that project. But this dude at this point was already, uh, probably an Emmy winner, <laughs> you know, at, at, um, for 30 Rock and then being on Community. You know, I wouldn't, he actually wrote, are you a big 30 Rock fan? I I, when, I laughed always when I watched it, but I never sought it out regularly. I'll say I, that. I was one of those people, man. Yeah. But there was this song on there. Look this up. Werewolf Bar Mitzvah. Oh, I remember seeing that for sure. <laughs> you know, bro, yeah. he wrote Werewolf Bar Mitzvah, <laughs> That's man. Amazing. Yo, he he's a good he's a good he's a comedian, yeah. and like I think that comedians <laughs> that are rappers. You know, I mean, all rap like Biggie. Yeah. Everybody that talks about Biggie. The first thing, like yeah. Jay, when people talk about Jay Z, oh, he's really funny. It's, it's just humor in the song. Yeah. yeah, it's it's about witty. I think Ben would be a really good rapper. Yeah. He's a he's a very witty guy. Yeah, I'll I'll tell you guys some funny lines Ben said off air. <laughs> he's raunchy. He's raunchy. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the that's for the paid subscription. <laughs> But nah, we went with we went with childish on this. Like, I get um I get a lot of softness from this. Mm-hmm. Like, I compared this to an apple that's kind of sitting out for a day. Yep. You know, that's what it, it feels like. Um, also, there was a lot of uh, effervescence when it opened, and it kind of just naturally calmed down. And I just 
Like I want to be drinking this and listening to that. There's a, it's also like bright and you know I taste like rich fruit, and that that song, man, that shit just matches well. You know, if it, it feels right. I would agree. Um, so and then also I, I feel like you could really get with a guy like Childish. You know, crowd pleaser. Yeah. You know. Okay, it's Childish. Can't be no homegirl dropping like the Nasdaq. Move white girls like this coat up my ass crack. Move black. I think he's one of the, if not the most, probably one of the most talented artists we've seen in like the past 10 years, easily. Like on all sides, who he's going to EGOT. He is going to EGOT at a certain, like, pretty soon he, he, he'll he probably EGOT. Um, so you think this wine is just as versatile? I'd say that the... It, Can I take it to a barbecue as well as a dinner? I don't feel like this wine is as versatile as Childish Gambino, but I think that it's not often that you get a whole bunch of wines that fit every single situation, nor would you actually want that, you know? I think that, and it's the same way with music, like, you know, I don't listen to Jay-Z every single day, but he's still my favorite rapper, you know? <laughs> no, I don't. I mean, he's on, he's featured on a lot of playlists. Weak, man. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, need to, I need to step my shit up. <laughs> I do. I, I don't feel, you know I should be listening to Jay every day. Me being your friend, I've noticed a change in what you I don't know, man. At least when... I don't know how you are like when everybody's asleep. See, but. you know what? It's fun. I'm glad you brought this up, T, because I'm big on educating my children mm-hmm. about what hip-hop is supposed to sound like. The other day, what did I make her listen to? Um, mind you, she's one, so she's, okay. you know, <laughs> she's still on ABCs, yeah, but ABCs is a rap as well. Yeah. FYI, like, think about that. We learn everything from fucking rap. I played a couple joints for I played uh, New York State of Mind. I went through a... Uh, I see, really? Yeah. Okay. Nah, yo, when I was... That's heavy. Yeah, exactly. You should... Man, the first rap song I ever heard was Fuck the Police. (laughs) You know? I heard that when I was in third grade, man. Casualties of the game. And the shit that my son listens to... Oh, my gosh. There's some kid, Lil Tecca. Hmm. And he, my son actually looks like him. But I'm seeing they got these girls popping ass in the video and stuff. He's going to see it. You know, I just got to make sure that he knows... How he's to? Old man now. He's his own man, he's dude. Like he's like what, thirteen? Twelve. Twelve. <laughs> <laughs> Every year counts. Yeah, no, exactly. He gotta listen to all of it. <laughs> but but we went we went some interesting places with this. Caleb, uh, he went with like a French rap song. I actually felt like that went really, really well with this also. Um, your, your, your musical taste is all over the place, man. Like, what made you get into European hip-hop? 
I, so I remember, I mean, so learning French in the Midwest there, you learn, like, you know, you see that map, like, you're like, oh, people that speak this language all over the world. And you're yeah. like, you see France, of course, and you see a little bit of Canada, and then you see a lot of Africa, and you're like, okay, cool. Like, I'm going to try to learn some some French through a different, you know, lens. Mm-hmm. And so I listened to a lot of, like, African hip-hop or, like, French hip-hop, um, and it just had a different vibe to it. And so it's just, I used to go to the library and just, like, check out, like, 25 CDs and just... Download. Damn, listen. remember when CDs were at the <laughs> library? Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Remember the library? Yeah. Yo, <laughs> what was the um the Dewey Decimal System? Yeah. Remember the Dewey Damn, Decimal System? Yeah, I'm old. I'm old, sir. <laughs> I remember when, um, when computer, like when you're using the, it's that like run. You just hit like, oh. yeah, you had to you type in the commands command, yeah. and shit. C, <laughs> colon, forward slash. Like, you had to know where everything was in your computer to find exactly. it. <laughs> Tell the computer, go get it. Yo, seriously. <laughs> but you picked a couple different joints. What were the songs that you went with? Well, there was the Damso, which is a uh, technically a Belgian uh, hip hop artist, which I don't usually actually love French hip hop because the language is beautiful if you speak it when you start singing it, it gets a little clunky yeah but he found a really nice way to get super super like fluid and and, and soulful with it with the lyrics it's definitely a little bit darker as well yeah. um but i just thought the way he he bounces back and forth between like the the rhymes like i, I don't know i just it's it was very impressive and the fact that he's also a belgian hip-hop artist singing in french which is an american art form is a little convoluted, and mm-hmm. in a way, so is a South African Chenin Blanc, yeah. Petnat. You know, like the original sparkling wines were found in France, as far as anybody knows, like Southwest for Method Ancestral and Northeast for Champagne Method. So it's also a little convoluted in a way. So it's kind of two different art forms inspired by something that wasn't theirs initially, but found their own way and voice through that. So that was sort of a parallel that I that I threw out there. And then there was ASAP Rocky Sundress. Which I think is more analogous to the three uh, three thousand five uh, mm-hmm. Childish Gambino. It's yeah. lighter, more beachy, a little bit more airy, kind of fun, like sunset throwback. Get in your car, drive, um, and that's. I think this wine can also wake you up. It's a morning wine, but it's yeah. also a sunset wine. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely get a nice sunset, beachy, you know. Yeah, with the taco meat Friday out. Friday nights, Aloha Friday at the <laughs> wine bar. Come by. <laughs> so you got a, all right. You got Aloha Friday. What, what sweatsuit day? Tracksuit Tuesday. Tracksuit track Tuesday. I, track <laughs> I was. I, I rode my bike here, so it's oh, ninety degrees outside. But I got my tracksuit. Rock the tracksuit. Little Pharrell Williams Adidas. Yeah, we got a. Um, I gotta come through a tracksuit Tuesday, man. Come by. I'm gonna come you drink through. happy hour all night long. You come through with strong athleisure vibes, is what we like to say. But mm. Pretty much throw up in a tracksuit and you can drink cheap all night. No, say <laughs> no yeah. more. First Tuesday of the month. It's the first Tuesday of the month. I'm gonna come through in the with the. They kept it to one Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's not get confused. This motherfucker's in the tracksuit every there night go, looking yeah. for shit. <laughs> no, um. Nah, I'm going to come through with the Sergio Ticini joint on. Nice. I got to come through with the Hustlers okay. sweatsuit or with the with the Velour Fila shorts joint, you know, yeah, th- because we're in summer. Both so strong gotta... athleisure choices. <laughs> <laughs> no Nietzsche. No Nietzsche. No Nietzsche. 
I, I have a photo of me and some of Nietzsche swept. Even worse. <laughs> Yo, so it was one of our friends, like, he came through with a Dada sweatsuit. <laughs> Yo, Dada, I, yo, you can't buy, you cannot buy a Dada sweatsuit anymore. You can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right into the crib. Yeah. <laughs> That's the homie, but he's very old school. Uh, <laughs> so don't be showing up to um, to company with a tracksuit every night. It's only first Tuesday one, of the month. For only the first Tuesday. Check your calendar. You know. That's dope. What's some of the craziest sweatsuits that you've seen? You know, so we we've thrown a party now three times. Tracksuit, hip hop, Beaujolais party. Um, and we got break dancers that show up <laughs> and and we just wanted to throw a Beaujolais party initially, and we we're like, okay, cool. Like, what, what, what's, what, what is Beaujolais? And you know, we had to do a wine and, and music pairing. We're like, all right, what is, what is Beaujolais? And we're like, old school hip hop. You know, it's like it can kind of, it can keep both crowds happy. You know, you, like the old school wine drinkers and the new school wine drinkers. Everybody loves Beaujolais. Old school hip hop, like it's crowd pleaser. Like yeah. who doesn't, you know, no one's turn off eighties and nineties. Yeah. <laughs> so we're like, all right, let's pair those up, and like, how else can we make it interesting? Like, we'll have people show up in tracksuits, and we'll get some break dancers like performing at midnight. And we had, you know, one of our DJs, you know, shout out to DJ Erzin, who comes through with like eight cases of vinyl and like three turntables <laughs> for for our parties, and you know, he 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 throws a good he throws a good time. Dope. Um, so yeah, we've thrown a few of those. And the spirit of that lives on in Tracksuit Tuesday, which gotcha. is, you know, we, we, ask, we ask a lot from our, our guests' wardrobe. Uh, <laughs> we have Aloha Friday. We just had a Blanc de Blanc all-white party. Um, and we, we understand the, the sacrifice that they make when they pony up the dough to get, uh, an, you know, an outfit. So we say, all right, well, to reward you, come back once a month and drink happy hour all night long, you know. So. Smart move. Keep, keep, you, keep using that, that outfit yeah. you bought. Yeah, nah, it's important. So, um, you integrate hip hop in in a lot of different uh, parts of what you do. Do you feel like you've seen a, a stronger uptick in your brand as hip hop has become more popular? I mean, I would say we definitely have a. I mean, I think wine and hip hop are rising at the at a similar rate. You know, yeah, um, they're getting out there to more markets that didn't used to either listen to them or drink them. Um, and they're making more friends. And I would say that, yeah, the rise is, is pretty similar. I mean, we definitely try to associate ourselves with, with music in general. I don't, I don't want to pin, yeah. pigeonhole ourselves in one, in one music style, but, like, I love hip-hop. A lot of people love hip-hop. A lot of people love wine. I love wine. I also love, like, West African, like, you know, funk music, and I like mm. to bring that out every once in a while. A little Fela Yeah, exactly. Fela Kuti for life. And, and we, just, we just love music. We love wine. We love having a good time. And I think very similarly, as you were talking about earlier, some people are just like, I only want to drink natural wine. That'd be like going to a, a music store and be like, I only want to listen to old school hip hop. Mm. Well, you want to check out some Jay Z? No, it's not old school. You want to yeah. check out some Speedo? No, it's not old school. Like, there's some other great wine. Out I want there nothing that, but a drum beat. Yeah, that's it. No horns, no nothing, so no much shit. Yeah, like music and wine. It's like if you keep an open mind, you will be rewarded immensely. I think you need to keep an open mind in wine. Like, it's not about you know. We talked about this with um, with Dominic, but like the worst question to ask a, a person that's in wine is, "What's your favorite wine?" Mm. Like you can't, you're not gonna have a favorite. It's about drinking a bunch of different stuff. It's yeah. about trying new wines. Like, look, man, there's only but so much of it made. Shit ain't gonna be around right. forever. Or it can, 
begin to go past this prime, right. you know? There's also the vibe of the way you're drinking. 100%. Yeah, it's like, you know... I love milk, but I'm not going to drink it on a 90-degree day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just, you got to, it's, it's, it's different settings, man. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, no, this is this is dope. We um, But, I, you know, I brought up hip-hop, man, because I had to ask about this. You had busted some rhymes at oh, one point. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. have busted some rhymes, <laughs> man. I felt yeah yeah there was was it a, you I did had a two, song you're right I had two uh, yo songs last year yeah so what like talk to me about that man you chilling at company one day like yo I'm inspired let me hit the stool let me like what brought that on yeah um I don't know what it was it was last year it was actually Fourth of July I remember going to Washington Square Park and sitting down and writing some lyrics you know I was inspired by one of Dre's new albums and there's that song I forget exactly what it was it was one of his songs that he was just he was just flowing he was telling a story and it was very conversational it wasn't like mm. even as if it was to a beat was it that um what it uh, is it like the first song on it's, the it's Compton a, it's like album a, it's a it's a gal's name on the last album I'll pull it up Oh, and Drake's giant. So yeah. I was kind of I wanted to do some track that because it's, it's almost like he has a little chip on his shoulder. In a yeah, bit, you know, yeah, like some yeah. of that whole album was kind of like, yo, get out, get yeah, out of my space, yeah. you know. <laughs> Give me some room yeah. here. And so I don't know. I just I thought I felt there was room for some wine related lyrics because like Smino's got some. Drake even has that one song. It's like uh, I always want wine after sundown or something. Like yeah. <laughs> I just felt like wine was popping up more in hip hop tracks. I was like, I'll just write my own. <laughs> so I remember, I forget even, I think we borrowed, there were two, I put out two tracks on Instagram. And would you would you ever consider like doing a whole wine album? I'd be all into it. Like, oh, I think shit. I think the best part about A, like you know, imagine growing up 30, 40, 50 years ago. You know, if you didn't learn guitar, or learn a certain instrument, like you couldn't play it. Nowadays, yeah. we can go on our phones. Every single person, three hundred Americans, yeah. can just make a track right now if they want to. And and it, it'd be out by the end of this. Yeah, podcast. you couldn't do that fifty years ago. You would have to get eight hundred people involved in this yeah. whole situation, get a record deal, yeah. like record it. <laughs> now anybody has the ability. So like, I think you should always do that. So this was, I have to remember the lyrics, but this was to, uh, um, Pete Rock. Mm. Um, Aretha. When when this is Pete Rock's like one of the T's favorite producers. I love Pete Rock. So this is the first one, and if I can remember it, I'll, I'll do it. Oh shit! Hold up, hold up. So All you right, gonna sorry. spit it loud ready, for us? Right, yeah. Yo, we got our first freestyle. On wine and hip hop ever. Do you want you want us to throw an instrumental on? Yeah, okay. If you could throw on right. Aretha by Pete Rock, that'd be great. I'd appreciate that. We got the first freestyle. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got Caleb Ganza, y'all. We got the first freestyle on wine and hip hop. Shaman the Wolf of Wine, aka Young Thanos. We're gonna get into this real quick. Oh. Caleb, ready? y'all. We're coming live from the center, that's the T-R-E. We got them supernatural wines from the company. We sipping champagne all damn day. And all that Van du Swaff, cause we thirsty. Oh. Where every hour is happy and you can drink and sip happy. I drank the last canal Gruner, you should have gotten here sooner. Why don't you <laughs> pop up a little popcorn? And won't you put another Fela Kuti record on? Oh. I'm feeling some Bordeaux from Mouton. So won't you fire up them port tongs? Yes. Uh. 
Hold up, hold up. We got we to keep it going. T, you next. This is what it's like. We used to sit in the lunchroom and rap all day. I'm, I love this because, like, people in, in wine don't rap anymore, man. Oh, okay. I got you. I got you. I got you. Yo, check it. Ben, ben never heard me rap. First of all, like, no one has ever. No one's heard me rap. No okay. one's heard me rap. All right, we got the world back. premiere. Wolf of Wine. All right, check it. Yo. Uh. Yo, I hear my haters say this. Anybody can make a playlist. Hoods, I made the papers. Now I'm in wine spectator competition. Now I don't see no. They don't know who we know. Show the wolf of wine, move them cases like they kilos. Had to make some calls on my layover and Heathrow. The plug in the frenzy, the distributors trying to reload. And we wanted a bigger piece, so we in beast mode. Pull up, do your city so foul. Should have had free throws. I'm so raw. Only difference for me in 04. Uh, uh. I'm not gonna. That's rap. good. That's, that's, that's <laughs> that was that was impressive. No, we wrote. You know what? We honestly. So I used to rap back in the yeah. day, and I'll still write, but I don't. That's impressive. Rap, yeah. rap. You know, it's really just for me and my friends. That's cool. So what? What brought you to to um to just writing? Did you write a lot or? Yeah, I've definitely written. I did. I mean, I don't know. I mean. Did some poetry when I was living in Paris, like about ten years ago, and it came, it like just flowed out of me. There's that Bukowski poem called "So You Want to Be a Writer," yeah. And essentially, it's all about like if you're trying really hard and you still are trying really hard and it's not coming out naturally, don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> but when you know, and like when it's gonna shoot out of you like a rocket ship, that's when you know you got it. So type thing. Like if it's. If it comes out, just let it come out. And yeah. if it doesn't, do something else, you know? Yo, Mike has never heard me rap. I knew Mike for 15 years, man. No one, you are the, that was good. That you was good. are the actual first person in the wine industry. I'm honored. To ever hear me drop some bars, man. This was fun. It, this Thank part you. might not Thank make the sharing. show, but. Oh, please. <laughs> That's why I tried to record it, but nah, then nah, the, you know what? I never the music wanna, went away. I never want to put my shit out. <laughs> No, you know what? Have an open mic. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I'll come through and, and, and bless the stage. I got a couple you got raps. Got track suit, right? You got track suit ready? Come on, man. Make sure uh, <laughs> it's already ironed and hung up waiting. Uh, rest. <laughs> like, open the case up. It's like smoke coming out. You're like, all right. They keep bringing me out. This is fun, yo. So what else you got? I mean, right now we got... We, I mean, the good and the bad thing about what we got going on is there's always a lot going on. And, you know, you could probably ask many of our sommeliers on staff, and they're just going to, like, probably roll their eyes and be like, where do you want me to start? You know? <laughs> <laughs> we got, we had, like, eight different events always queued up. Um, it's The other thing we're doing is uh, we're taking a bus of folks out to the, the to Long Island to some wineries. Um, but we do that about once or twice a year, so stay tuned for next year. We're also looking to maybe do something in, like, the Basque Country, get, like, a couple, you know, folks together and – fly to Spain and eat and drink for about a week. Uh, so if you're interested, let me know. But uh, we're going to be doing late night Mondays. Um, mm-hmm. And we got a few different uh, vinyl heads who are putting together some late night Monday uh, jazz sessions. And we're going to pair that up with some champagne, uh, a few other fun drinks, and then... Got some ill shit. So a few things on the horizon. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll leave it there because there's yeah. always there's, there's always, always some. Follow, follow him on Instagram. Yeah, man. check You'll out. Yeah. yeah, so uh, my personal Instagram is ganzer underscore wine, W-E-I-N. And then company NYC is the Instagram for the wine bar. You definitely want to check that out. That's where we do most of the posting for all the events. 
Uh, sometimes it's last minute events like, hey, this Monday we're opening up a bottle. And sometimes it's, hey, next week we're doing this thing. So pay attention because there's always some cool stuff. It usually is. You'll be rewarded. Um, we I sent out an email. I through to one of the wine mixtape joints. Yeah, wine mixtape. So yeah. what? T- tell the, the the audience a little bit about that. So usually it's late night on a Monday. We started the mixtape series in 2016 uh, with getting somebody in there who we kind of wanted it to feel more like a DJ set and not a concert, right? So mm. if you rolled up to, you know, let's just say Jay-Z. Like, you go to a concert, Jay-Z's going to play Jay-Z. Yeah. You go to a DJ set, you want to hear what Jay-Z's listening to, you know, what he's all about. Right. And that's really what it's about. The idea was sort of an anti-wine dinner where we'd get a winemaker coming in and pouring six to eight wines that they like to drink. Right. Not necessarily stuff that they make. Like, that's a little, eh, it's a little show-offish, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I know what you make. I, I get that. What yeah. do you like to drink? What are you, what are you into? Because you can learn more about somebody that way, I think. So yeah. and that was sort of the idea. So they pour a few different wines that they like to drink. We buy them. We do like a flight for like 60 bucks, like six to eight wines. And they're usually really good stuff. And they choose the playlist for the night as well. Dope. So it's kind of their bar. They're behind Dope. the bar. They're pouring it. They're chatting. <laughs> they're talking about why they chose this wine, why it means you know something to them with their music in the background. And it's, uh, it's a pretty good time. Dope, dope. Who would you say was one of your um, standouts? We've had a. No, nope. he's not picking favorites, guys. He's just saying, you know, something yeah. that uh. We've had an amazing array of folks come through and pour wine and pick some music. Gosh, I, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with. Uh, God, I, I feel wow. terrible. I had, no, yeah, I had so I many, so many good dear friends come through. But I mean, I think one of the people that pushed the limits a little bit, which I respect about this person, is Abe Schoner um, from Scolium Project. He came in. And poured all sparkling wine for his wines. Um, Interesting. And he actually had had somebody. He was one of the first people that brought somebody else to DJ all vinyl. Oh, <laughs> so he kind of collaborated with somebody else, and it was just like him doing his thing. Somebody else started playing their music, and it was just this beautiful sort of like outsourcing of specialties. <laughs> and I appreciated that. I think uh, I'm pretty sure it was uh, it was uh, Soil Pimp that came through and played some <laughs> played some music that day. So. Um, I always love collaborations, and I thought that was a really, really cool, inspiring. I think it was like seven sparkling wines and one Nebbiolo. Uh, that was the lineup. So, yeah, shout out to Abe for for breaking the mold. That's hilarious. Well, I'm gonna come through with Easy Mo B. Son. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> you pour the wine, he can put the music, or exactly. vice versa. Exactly. You let me know where. All right, man. Well, yo, thank you for coming, dude. This, this is was a, a lot of fun. Thank you, guys. This is great. We got some rhymes in here. <laughs> the bar is set, guys. The bar is set. The next sommelier that comes in here, if you don't drop bars, I'm sorry, man. We scrapping yeah. the episode. Everybody can't come up here. Everybody can't come up here. <laughs> yo, Caleb, thanks for coming through. Thank you, Jermaine. Wine and Hip Hop, guys. Peace. This was a moment in Wine and Hip Hop brought to you by Crew Love.